Welcome to Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all, for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. And welcome back to Pieces for My Puzzle. I am your puzzle master, Nikki Ship. Last week, we talked about the Easter Bunny and other socially related events and how to help your child with transitioning, which kind of led me into my next topic for this week. I want to talk about anxiety. I think it's fair to say that we've all experienced some sort of anxiety in our life, but I think what most people don't realize is that a lot of people in the autism community experience anxiety regularly. We all know that autism affects how people communicate and interact in the world. And sometimes it's not necessarily a mental health condition, but it can lead to poor mental health. I recently came across a survey that I'm actually going to read some really interesting statistics from you. Um, The survey actually came out of the UK from um, an organization called the National Autistic Society, and they did a partnership survey with another organization called MIND. And this 2019 survey was really interesting to me. So they interviewed, uh, I think, approximately 1,500 autistic adults. And 76% of them reported reaching out for help in regards to their mental health. 70% of autistic children have a mental health problem such as anxiety or depression. And 82% of autistic adults and 86% of families said that getting support for, uh, for mental health services took too long. I guess my question is, why is that? It takes months, and we ran into the same situation with Drayson. We waited for months to get him in um, for his therapies, for evaluations, things that he needed additional help with. And I think that this is very telling because we are realizing now more in the autistic community that especially as you get into adulthood, more and more uh, are having problems with anxiety and depression. So, and let's not mention, let's not forget to mention that the pandemic just escalated all of that for everybody, right? I mean, I even had some social anxieties after the pandemic, even walking into the grocery store. So um, I think that this is a very posing question. And I'm, I'm kind of giving a call to action to parents to really think about this. If you have a younger child that's on the spectrum right now, thinking about helping them to get Um, therapies and coping mechanisms in place so that as they get older, there's less likelihood of um, having an outburst with a mental health condition because that can happen. So, um, you know, we want to be able to make sure that we can find those resources. And I realize that that's a very frustrating point for a lot of parents. So how do we do that? We have to start now. Um, as children change, just right, we go through puberty, and puberty is hard enough as it is, right? Going into adult heart, adulthood is hard enough as it is. Imagine having some other condition on top of that that you have to combat in addition to. So as you're looking for some of these resources, it's important to start thinking about how can you help your child now? And like I said, I think the reason why a large percentage of the autistic adult population are having problems with depression and anxiety right now is 
let's say 20 years ago, a lot of these services weren't available. We're really lucky in this day and age that there are services out there. The problem, though, is that we really have to go digging for them. So I know I've said this before in previous podcasts. I know I've communicated this to all of you before about believing that your child's capable, but also in yourself. So it's really important that you take a proactive approach at this point to start helping your child now. Even if you're not seeing signs of anxiety and depression, it's really important. So um, here's a couple things to consider. And Drayson, my son, does experience anxiety. So these are things that we kind of noticed, and I'm going to kind of give you some tips and tricks of things that we've done to help. But consider your child's sensory system and how sensory overload may be contributing to their anxiety and their depression. Um, The threshold is different for every child, and some kids just can't self-regulate, or they're going to self-regulate in a different way. Triggers can happen with no rhyme or reason. So consider your child's sensory system. And think about it. If they're in sensory overload and you're trying to put them into a situation where they also have to cope, that is going to spike their anxiety tremendously. Um, Understanding that with anxiety comes a fight-or-flight response. So we want to see um, how they're going to react in certain social situations. And you might see all of a sudden an outburst, let's say just even taking them to the grocery store or over to a neighbor's house or to a birthday party. There's something sensory going on that's overloading them. So a couple quick tips of some things that you can do to help with uh, lessening anxiety in situations is first and foremost, I always say find new forms of communication, Um, video modeling, social stories, um, even coming up with checklists. I know I've mentioned that in in some of my previous podcasts. Um, A checklist, visual activity, or even task schedules are really helpful for kids. Give them a sense of what's coming down the pipeline. Drayson does really well when we present to him what we are going to be doing. He might say no. I might tell him, okay, it's time to go to reading lab. And he might say no, but he still knows it's coming down the pipeline and I have less chance of him having an outburst. Uh, Create a sensory diet plan. I know that I did a previous podcast called Let's Talk Sensory where I gave a lot of suggestions about things that you can do uh, for sensory. But come up with a sensory diet plan. Routine activities to support their regulation is really important. Uh, Deep touch pressure. Uh, Drayson, we call him squeezies. Drayson really likes it when I squeeze him. And he feels kind of that pressure. So if you're not able to give him kind of like a squeeze hug, weighted blankets work really well. Uh, There's also weighted uh, vests that you can get or even like a lap blanket, something where they feel kind of pressure on them. For them, that is – that's relaxing. So he also has a little uh, weighted lap blanket that my dear friend made for him and – So when he's sometimes working activities, we put that over his lap so that he can feel some pressure. Um, Identify your your child's signs of stress. So this is where it can get a little tricky because a lot of times when Drayson gets stressed out, he doesn't know how to verbally tell me I'm stressed out. So I have to look for signs of nonverbal indications that he's becoming anxious. For Drayson, his stemming will increase. He will begin to... um, 
flap his hands more, walk on his tippy toes more. You can just tell that all of the sudden he has trouble focusing. He looks down at his hands. He will not eye engage. So if those start increasing, I know he's probably getting stressed out. Make sure that you create a safe space for your child. So you might have to survey different places before you go or have an idea is if if the anxiety spikes where you might be able to get them to a safe space where they can kind of decompress. Um, we have a couple spots in our home that Drayson can go and decompress and he knows that if he's feeling really stressed or has a lot of anxiety, he can go upstairs. We have a loft um, full of his stuff, of his activities that he can do. Um, or there's a, you know, downstairs um, he can sit on a certain spot in the couch and we kind of know that he's he's getting a little stressed out. So make sure that you create those safe spaces and, you know, be able to talk to your friends and family. Um, is there a place that I could take my son or daughter just in case, you know, he has an outburst or at least have an idea of, of, a, of a plan just in case? Um, a sensory toolbox, as I mentioned before, you want to get that sensory diet plan, but having maybe a small travel bag of things with you on the go in case you need it for sensory. I know I've also mentioned that in Let's Talk Sensory podcast episode. I think it came out a couple weeks ago, actually, but, um, and find technology that can assist in their communication. Some kids are nonverbal. Drayson is, I want to say partially verbal. He doesn't talk in complete sentences, but he's now just learning how to communicate how he feels. So it's really important to make sure that you find different forms of technology. You can talk to your speech pathologist if you have one. And if you don't and your child is nonverbal, please seek out a speech pathologist to help you. They can help you with all sorts of methods and give you visual tools that you can use to help with your child. Um, and you can even do uh, look into something called an AAC device that helps with kids that are nonverbal. But this helps them to identify their wants, their needs, and their emotions, which is really important for you. Uh, try self-soothing strategies. Um, counting to 10, deep breathing, meditation. Um, I have mentioned these in, um, I did a podcast previously called It's Take Time to De-Stress, where I mentioned some of these methods. So getting them to know that if they start to feel stressed out, they can automatically do some breathing exercises or uh, counting to 10 and other methods like that. Explore different therapies, cognitive behavioral therapies, um, exposure therapy, and pharmacological interventions. Sometimes all might be options. I by no means am a doctor or physician, so I am not going to hard push any specific therapy. All I'm going to do is basically ask you to research what those options might be available for your for your child. Because one therapy might work better for your kiddo versus somebody else who has a child on the spectrum. At the end of every episode, we want to do a story highlight for families, um, kind of celebrating special moments or a funny story. And so if you have a story that you would like to read or you would like us to read on the podcast, please send me an email at info at piecesformypuzzle.com and we'll review the stories and we'll let you know actually if we're going to read your story in an upcoming podcast. Today, I'm going to tell you kind of a funny story about Drayson that just happened recently where I... You know, I can't be mad sometimes when Drayson says things off the cuff, even if it's not necessarily entirely appropriate for him. But um, at the same time, it was really super cute. We were driving to his reading lab, and 
we were coming down the road. We weren't on the freeway. We were just on a regular straight road, and the semi had tipped over. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I, I kind of shrieked, and I went, oh, my gosh, that truck. And he was sitting next to me on the way to reading lab, and he looks up, and he sees the truck. And he and I go, oh, my gosh, that truck tipped over. And he goes, ah, damn it. And I kind of started to laugh, and I said, did you say – what did you say, damn it, or did you say, dang it? And he just looked at me and smiled and he said, damn it. And I wasn't upset about it. I realize he's a 10 year old little boy and damn it might not be the most appropriate response. However, I, d- I did correct him a little bit and say, maybe dang it. And he said, no, it's damn it. Um, and I think he was surveying the size of the accident. So, <laughs> But there was a big crane that was trying to lift the semi back up to get it upright so that they could tow it. So we were looking at the crane and, and kind of laughing about it. But I was really – those little points of me where I'm able to spark little moments of conversation with Drayson is a very big deal for me because two years ago, I couldn't have even had a little back-and-forth conversation with, with him like that. So um, – so I was okay with it. So it was kind of funny. But later on that night, I think I said, damn it. Wonder where he learned it from. Um, and he corrected me and told me it was dang it. So so he is aware. <laughs> so again, if you have a story that you'd like to share, please um, email the show in at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. This concludes our podcast episode for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pieces for My Puzzle. And if you like what you're hearing, please spread the word to your friends and family. Um, I really want this to help others. I want this to help families, help to provide resources and just spark more awareness about autism. And feel free to give us a good rating on your preferred podcast platform that you use. So until next time, keep working on your puzzle. And remember, you don't have to have it all solved in a day. Take care. Bye.